In this week's episode, I chat to Sage Nadu, a master's student in the School of Animal, Plant and Environmental Studies with the University of the Witwatersrand. He tells us all about the Avian Cultural Ecosystems Project or the ACES Project, which seeks to explore the cultural values of birds in South Africa. We hear all about what the project involves and how each one of you can get involved in it. We are so excited to be partnering with Sankop during Season 8 of the podcast. One of the coolest ways that you can support them is by supporting their Adopt a Penguin program. Simply go onto the Sankop website and get all the details. We'll pop a link in the notes to the show. Come on, let's get 20 penguins adopted before December. If you get any value from this podcast, this is a great way to show your support. In case you don't know, my name is Adam, and I'm the host of this proudly South African birding podcast. This podcast is your number one source of news about birds, birders, destinations, conservation, gear, books, and anything that we think birders would want to hear about. Bring your life into your garden this spring with Westerman's Wild Bird Seed, a delicious seed mix attracting a variety of wild birds to your garden. Find it at various pet and lifestyle retailers across South Africa, online and in-store. Westman's, for the love of birds. So, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode of the Birding Life Podcast. So, I'm having a conversation with Sage Naidu, who is currently a master's student at the University of Witwatersrand, and they're involved in a project that we'll chat about throughout the show. So, firstly, welcome to the Birding Life Podcast. Hi, Adam. Thank you so much for having me on. I am really excited to be sharing about my project today on your podcast. Well, I'm quite excited to speak about this because almost everywhere on all the rare bird alert groups and uh, quite a lot of the Facebook groups I'm a part of, I've seen people talking about this project and asking people to submit information. So I'm quite excited to hear a little bit more about this and to hopefully get more people to submit information because, you know, obviously the cultural silence in the South African context is very, very important. So before we chat about the project and your research you're doing tell us a little bit about yourself so people have never heard of uh sage nadu before tell us about who you are okay so um as you've introduced me i am currently a master's student in the school of animal plants and environmental sciences at wits university and i'm currently under the supervision of professor siobhan reynolds and essentially i have I have an interest in birds since I've been since I was a young kid, and I wanted to bring that forward moving into my research studies. So you said at a young age, you this passion for birds started. What was the the thing that ignited this this passion for birds? You know, why I'm interested in this question always is I often chat to people from BirdLife South Africa, and a lot of people in conservation, it's rhinos and leopards and all the the big things, but where did this passion for for birds start? It was actually a little vacation trip that I took with my parents and my brother when I was about 12 years old. And we visited this raptor rehabilitation center. And at this place, I got to learn a lot more about these birds and got to interact with them on a much more personal level. And just getting to experience these birds and learn about how they work in their environment, how they hunt and why they are important. I think it just sparked something in me, a little interest in this 12-year-old kid. And I really wanted to take this forward in how I went about deciding my future. The question I always ask people, because there obviously are people that are more academic than that, which is fantastic if that's how you are, but are you just 
do you just have a professional interest in birds or would you consider yourself to be a birder also? Um, in recent years, I would consider myself an, a birder now. Um, it didn't start out that way because I hadn't been exposed to really all of these birding activities. Like I didn't know that it was something that people did in their free time. But when I started my honors research last year, I got to understand that there's more to uh, birds in the environment and there's more of these activities that you can participate in and so for the past two-ish years I've really taken a liking to actually just going out in my free time and getting to experience and know the birds around me. I always like to ask this question some people don't know and that's also okay so what is your life list at the moment and is there, is there any since you started birding any specific memory that just sticks out you say sure out of all the stuff I've done that's just a memory that just stands out because Birding is a lot more about the birds. It's about the memories that surround it. So what is your life list on? Is it, are there any specific memories that just stick out to you? So, yeah. So um, my life list is currently sitting around about 120 species. A lot of that I built up in the past year when I went on a trip to Kruger and Eswatini. And in terms of the experiences and memories that I have with birds, of course, the first memory is the one that led me to this journey, getting to like hold and be around these raptor species. But then also going a little bit further back, some of the funnier memories that I have with birds is we had a pet chicken and it was quite uh, vicious to say the least. It used to chase us around the garden. So that's one of my most fond memories with some of the birds. But in general, I just find them to be quite interesting little creatures that flit around my garden and just make me a bit happier and calmer in my environment. Uh, that story probably tells why a lot of people that I talk to actually have this absolute fear of chickens because a lot of people, it's like they freakishly scared of chickens. And yeah, so they, they, they seem to be quite vicious birds at times. Eh? They are absolutely. You wouldn't think that they would be based on their size, but they can be quite ferocious and then obviously a big part of your your love of birds is very you know when you're speaking about you know even going back to that initial experience at this raptor rehabilitation center you know you've got a very the the sound of it is a very academic approach which is fantastic you know it's like this idea of you know seeing things on a deeper a, a deeper level would you agree with that that you know you know you get a lot of people out there that are happy just to go and tick birds but you seem like someone who has got he's not just about a list but you've got this desire to understand birds on a deeper level it seems like you've got this academic which is absolutely fascinating yeah absolutely i would say that i do have more of an academic will to understand birds which is sort of why i went with studying them for both my honors and my master's research so i just think that they're such interesting creatures that they deserve to be understood beyond just their aesthetic appearance or their sounds and calls. I think that we need to just go a little bit deeper into understanding like what they can give us and how we can use that information to improve our understanding of them in our daily lives. So I think that probably lends itself to the ACES project, which is the Avian Cultural Ecosystem Services Project. That's quite a mouthful, so we'll call it the ACES project from now. 
And what the blurb says is that this is a research project that is focused on the individual perceptions of birds in South Africa and how this changes with urban and social economic gradients. So that's the fancy wording for the guys that aren't, that aren't um, studying at university. Tell us what this project is in simple language. So essentially, just to break it down to its basics, birds have important roles in our lives and whether we know it or not they offer us many many different things through their ecosystem services and specifically their cultural values and for this study we specifically wanted to understand how the general public not just avid birders but everyone how they perceive the different values that birds can give us and this can boil down to different exposures different um, experiences and just the overall opinions that people have on birds, whether they like them based on aesthetics or whether there's a deeper link to their relationship with birds and why we brought in this aspect of the urban and socioeconomic gradients is because there's this hypothesis known as the luxury effect, which says that with an increase in wealth and socioeconomic status, um, the biodiversity of certain species can change in our environments. And for birds, it's specifically been shown that if you live in an area that has low urbanization and you have a high income status, you're going to have a lot more different types of bird species than someone that lives in a low urban area with a high income level, with a low income level, sorry. And because of this, there's this understanding that people will be exposed to different types of birds. And because of this exposure differences, people may have developed different types of opinions on different bird species. Maybe if you're exposed to a lot more bird species, you'll have a better understanding of how valuable they can be as opposed to if you're exposed to the same species all the time. And because of this, we wanted to understand how these different perceptions can change depending on where you are, where you live, what your status is, is in, in your environment, because you have different experiences and different exposures with birds and nature. You know, one of the things that I think a lot of we, we have people, a lot of people who listen from overseas, and I don't know how the, I mean, within every society, there would be a different perception of birds. But the thing is, I think what a lot of people might not get it who are overseas listeners is the whole, in terms of South Africa, there's, you know, we, we'll talk about the um, social, economic and urban that in a moment. But, you know, the other thing which I think is very important is the cultural viewpoint, because a lot of, a big thing about South, in, in South Africa and African culture also is that animals and birds and that are very much seen through a cultural lens and, 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 and I dare say a very spiritual lens, which it can be both great for conservation as well as I would suggest detrimental at times. And so this project I would dare to suggest is very important, especially in an African context. And I will talk about the, the bigger picture of why this is important, but I would say for conservation, it's very important that we start from a perspective where we understand how people view something because you can't, if, if there is a wrong view in something, let's use the word wrong view, You've got to understand what that wrong view is before before you can start, 
you know, helping people to see things through the right lens. So just maybe chat about that a little bit for the sake of overseas listeners. Why is a project like this so important in terms of a South African context? Yeah, so as you say, we do have a lot, a more stronger association from a cultural or spiritual perspective. And this largely stems from the fact that South Africa is quite the diverse country when it comes to our cultural practices and our religions and the people that we have. And because of this, essentially, like it can't boil down to there being only a single perception of the types of birds that we have. There can be people that view birds as being valuable solely from their appeal on aesthetic nature or the appeals that they have bringing in psychological benefits. But then you also have to take in consideration that we have a lot of different communities in our country where there are a lot more traditional practices still in play and birds may serve as important vectors for these people when it comes to their means of daily life. So whereas I may see birds as being valuable purely because they help my mental well-being, my physical and spiritual well-being, there are people in our country, all across the country, where birds are still very, very important parts of daily rituals, whether it's that being meals or traditional medicine or whether it's so overall there's just so much diversity within our country that it's important to understand from South Africa's perspective how different people may perceive birds because of the fact that we're so diverse in what we have to offer. Uh, and in terms of that luxury effect I think there was a study that was done a few years ago where they spoke about you know, basically the, you know, these, these luxury estates and, you know, the, how, the, how people in those kind of estates of view um, conservation, you know, something I've, I've thought about before. And I watched that um, show on the Rhino poaching many years ago, that show Stroop, fantastic show, a movie or documentary. And the thing that got me really interested in that got me thinking about it because obviously we very often just paint people through the brush of, the way we understand culture, the way we see things. But when you started to understand that, you know, these are pe- a lot of these people just live outside the Kruger National Park and living in poverty. And, you know, they, you know, someone comes along and says, I'll give you X amount of rand to go and take out a rhino and, and your family's living in poverty. Obviously, it's, it's for a lot of guys, it might be a no brainer. And here's the thing possibly part of the reason for that is in, in terms of, people who are from a slightly higher social economic background, they have the means to go into a, a game reserve like the Kruger National Park or one of the private reserves. And there's a there's almost like this, I don't know the right word, but emotional connection. You connect with the the birds. You see birds. You see like the rollers and you see these species. And there's a, a connection with that where for some people that might live outside who don't have the luxury of going to these reserves there might be a different perception because there's there's been no emotional connection so like the the ideas i, th- I thought about this and i don't know if this is 100 true but like for people that have never ever just enjoyed a rhino and have they have no connection to a rhino it it might be there's no reason there's there's it's it's, it's a lot easier for them to 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 go and poach a rhino than somebody who's connected to that that species on a deeper level so I can imagine this that social economic thing is is quite difficult because there's there's literally communities that live outside reserves who are a couple of hundred a couple of kilometers away from these reserves that have no financial means to get into these reserves and even that must 
affect the perception they have of of birds exactly so yeah so that's part of one of the reasons why we wanted to do the study because when it comes to cultural ecosystem services in general it is one of the most challenging service types to quantify when it comes to research because of this individuality and subjectivity that there is associated with different individuals having their own unique perceptions when it comes to aspects of the environment because different people have different opportunities to be exposed to different aspects of nature and especially when you say like you say when it comes to that socioeconomic differentiation between people whether they can or cannot access birds whether when it comes to being it for pleasure or whether it's a matter of doing it for a daily genuine lifestyle and especially now if we look at it also from the urban perspective which is another reason why we're doing the study is this hypothesis or phenomenon known as the extinction of experience that led us to want to do the study because of the development of our environments more people are having less exposure to the natural environment depend irrespective of whether they are in this high income status or low income status because like the world keeps moving forward and we are taking up a lot more of that natural space to put up urban structures and we're just losing more contact with nat- the natural environment so people are having less exposures and experiences with different bird species or different natural species in general and this leads us to not knowing exactly what the exact gradients or understanding of individual perceptions may be at face value as always the birding off is proud to be associated with Sarofsky Optic one of the world's leading producers of binoculars monoculars and spotting scopes as well as the bird lasser bird logging app spot plot play a part Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. One of the ways that you can help us to keep putting out the content that we are releasing is by supporting our online shop. We sell optics, books, Westerman's products, and a whole lot more. Check out the shop on our website, www.thebirdinglife.com. If you need any help with any of the products, please don't hesitate to email us on info at thebirdinglife.com. So I'm going to ask this question before I ask the next question so firstly uh we've you know how can people get involved in this project you know you're speaking you know I know there's you know information on how can people get involved in this project and help you uh to gather data for for the you know for the inf- for the information you need we are collecting our data using online surveys so and these surveys are linked in our social media platforms and are being distributed by a variety of birding groups, WhatsApp groups. Um, they're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And essentially what we need you to do for our project is just to answer one of our surveys based on the city in which you live. So we have four surveys, one for Johannesburg, Cape Town, Durban and Bloemfontein. And if you live in any of one of these cities, or if you know people that live in these cities, it would be greatly appreciated if you could answer the survey and then share it amongst your peers, your colleagues, your family, just so that we can collect as much data as possible about perceptions of different bird species in our country. Just, I just, I think a lot of people might be quite scared before they click on the link and 
wonder what they're going to be asked. So what kind of thing, when people click on the survey, what type of thing are you going to be asking them and how long is it going to take them to do the survey? Because I think that's always the fear people have. Jeez, I don't want to like start this year and then three hours later, I'm still clicking through and answering questions. So what kind of things are you looking, are you asking in the survey and how long is it going to take for somebody to do the survey? Yeah, so that was also a concern of ours when we were designing the survey. We didn't want to deter people from wanting to answer the survey. So we've tried to make it as short as possible. It can take you about 10 to 15 minutes or longer. It's entirely dependent on how much detail you want to put into the into your answers when you're answering the survey. But when it comes to the survey, it's broken up into essentially three sections with the first section just gaining a little bit of insight into your personal demographic information. And then it moves on to understanding your perceptions and experiences with birds overall. So do you value birds and rating your value for birds? And we compare this to a study uh, that was conducted in the UK using a table to understand um, or rate your values of birds in certain categories, as well as rating your whether or not you find birds to be a nuisance in your environment based on another set of categories. And then the primary section of our survey that we want you to answer is we give you a selection of about 15 birds with their images. And we just want you to rate them on a scale of one to five based on how appealing you find that bird. So you can use the image itself if you haven't seen the bird, or you can just use your own personal experiences with the birds to give it just a rating based on how appealing you find it. And then just provide a few words based on what you think, what influenced your rating for that specific bird species, why you like it or why you don't. And essentially that brings you to the end of our survey. It's relatively short and simple and it's quite fun and interactive, if I do say so. The big question is, is this, and you know, we're speaking about these different uh, groups of people that I think, and I think for inf information to be carried the most value, I would suggest that it has to really cover as much of the, you know, different groupings in our country as we can. And is there is there plans in place, for example, like, you know, for people that, you know, might struggle with the technology side to, you know, get their information i mean i think of some uh, you know some place where i go bird i mean you have guys there which don't have whatsapp on their phone they're using a very basic phone is there work being done to try and get that kind of information because you know where it's not just going to be people that have access to whatsapp because again that would also be a, a certain social economic grouping as opposed to everyone how we make how are you ensuring that the the data is covering a very broad demographic of our country so we are trying to implement a plan to go into communities in person with our surveys to like reach these people who don't have access to the right technology to answer the online survey. So it's still in preliminary stages, but we do hope to be able to just go out in person, just try and encourage as many people as we can in these communities in different communities to answer the survey, whether that be a physical survey on paper that we hand off to them to answer, or whether we have it be myself just talking with the person and having them tell me what their answers would be to the questions and recording that down for them. 
Yeah, I'd really encourage, you know, listeners, uh, you can follow uh, the ACES project on um, Instagram. Uh, I'm assuming on Facebook also, am I correct? Yes, we are on Facebook as well as Twitter. So we'll pop all those links into the comments. We'll also pop the links for each of the surveys. But, you know, maybe I'd encourage people, do the survey yourself. Um, share it with as many people as you can, maybe even bird clubs, you know, just get within the bird club, get as many people to gather information as we can. So the big thing is, is this is people are going to spend their 15, 20 minutes or whatever, putting the information together. The big question is we've spoken about the information you're looking together. We've spoken about the, the challenge, the, the, the challenges and the, the things that make South Africa exciting in terms of the broad um, cultural diversity that we, that we are as a country. So here's the question, you know, you're going to gather all this information and all this kind of thing. Is this just an academic paper that's going to just get you some good mark, good marks for university, or do you have a bigger goal behind the project? What what do you see happening? What is what is what are you hoping that the results of this information going forward is going to, is going to, is going to be? So that's kind of the interesting part about our study. So once we have gathered all of this data from the surveys, we're going to take likability scores that we get for each species and use them in conjunction with the SABAP2 citizen science project. So the occupancy or distribution of the bird species to create this metric of cultural ecosystem service value for birds within South Africa. And we're going to create maps to show how the cultural values of specific bird species and then collectively how these bird species cultural values are distributed across the gradient of South Africa. And using this information, what we hope could come from it is that not only will we be able to see and visualize how cultural value may differ within the country, but we'll also be able to understand maybe from people's responses what species may have larger problems, maybe causing more problems versus the species that are maybe more well-liked but are not as well-known within communities. And we want to take this information and maybe use it towards understanding how we can better manage these bird species within our environment, specifically the urban environment, to better understand and improve how we can conserve different bird species or manage or mitigate the effects of bird species that are maybe causing a lot of problems within their environment. So it's a matter of taking what we get from the survey to visualize and idealize how we can sort of better understand how we are valuing these birds and how these values can translate to a broader conservation and management perspective. You know, I think you guys are onto something really good here. I mean, I I think it was what, what in Vernon Head's book, uh, I, he's, he wrote about this kind of idea. But, you know, for example, one of the places I go and do birding at in the valley just down the road from me. And I mean, I always thought, geez, this would be a fantastic conservation area. But it's also an area where the community is around. It's where they bring their cattle down to feed. And... I think, you know, this to say, for example, this has become a conservation area, we're not going to let the cattle come and feed here. You're really not going to get the support of the community. And I think, you know, in terms of conservation wins going forward, I think it's important, like like you guys are doing, to understand the views that people have, how people understand birds, how they, the, 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 the cultural lens through which they see birds, 
And I think when you start with that and you value where they start with, it's a lot easier in the the long run to come up with conservation wins. And some of these birds, which might people might not have a good perception of, and through what for whatever reason, this might be the very tool that in the long run helps us to change perception so that these birds can be conserved in the long run. Yeah, exactly. I think that is kind of a hope for us to just have a greater effect in just how we can better understand and improve the ways that we are working with these birds in our environment because they are a part of our daily lives and we have to learn to sort of understand and better cohabitate cohabitate with them in our environment so sage it's been awesome to chat to you um i said already before we had this conversation um i would love to do this interview with you before the project was like finished off but hopefully next year or whenever this project is finished we can sit and have a conversation we can go through the findings of the the project and and we we look forward to hearing more about this so thank you so much for giving your time to be on the show I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on the show and allowing me to share our little project with you. I hope that it is going to have some interesting results to share with you guys in a couple months, in about a year's time. And yeah, we've really been quite blessed with the responses that we've received so far. So hopefully we'll continue to get in a lot more responses moving forward. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's show. We really appreciate your support. If you have any comments or feedback on any of the episodes, feel free to drop us an email on info at theburninglife.com or send us a message on any of our social media platforms. We would love to get to know you better. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.